Cody, are you gay? I am gay. I love to know when a man is gay. And you asked me all about being gay later on in this episode, which was a really touching interview. And it's not even how I thought it was going to go. And I really appreciate you for doing that. We also talk about how fat I am. <laughs> we also talk about the real housewives, of course. We also talk about how <laughs> sick you are. I'm super sick with it. You were so sick. You had the flu. <laughs> yeah. But you survived. You prevailed. I am all hearing. right. Well, this fat <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, enjoy the episode. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. I apologize. I I just before we get to the episode, I that just came out of my mouth. I hate that word. I've been called that word twice by people who hated me, and it's an ugly word. And I apologize for using it. I only laughed because I don't know what else to do. I'm uncomfortable. While you laughed, you looked horrified, and then you immediately cut the audio and you went, "That's not legal." So I apologize. And also, let's okay, let's rephrase it. This fat fairy is ready to go. How about that? Okay, fairy, let's go. What did you call me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. All right. <laughs> oh, good morning. And good morning. We're back with the Steph and Cody in the morning show. Steph and Cody it's in the morning. It's turning into the morning. I feel like we're equally as loopy in the morning <laughs> as we are in the evening. The only difference is in the evening, we're usually drinking. And or and, high. And or high. <laughs> and in the morning, we're just like waking up. I'm waking up from last night's high and I... <laughs> Did you get high last night? Of course. I didn't. Stanley Brothers is doing this new um, gummy release and I'm on the testing panel. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, um, la-ti-da. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My friend Tony, who listens to the show, who's also a local DJ, uh-huh. reached out to me. He works for Stanley Brothers. Uh, and, so and, and they're good if you're still waking up feeling fresh. I am fresh as fuck. Fresh as fuck. <laughs> I, I, the other night, I got too high and watched the Cecil Hotel documentary. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> that was one of the best documentaries ever. I love that story. Why was it the best? Was it the best because of your experience or because it was the best it was just the best because it was well edited and you know when like you are hiding it things hit you differently yeah. i'm sure you know the story elisa lamb was in the elevator footage she went missing i guess of the hotel found black water that they were drinking and then she was a decomposed body elisa's decomposed body was in the water supply <sighs> that's the story right and they don't know how it happened People think it's a haunted hotel because the Night Stalker used to live there. It's right on Skid Row. Uh A lot of people get murdered there. It's a really shady hotel. It's not like fun, spooky. It's like dangerous crime. Like you'll die. Sad. LAPD (laughs) is in cahoots with the hotel because a lot of people from Skid Row get killed there. And the LAPD just doesn't notice. Cecil Hotel appreciates that they don't notice. So they're all in cahoots, right? I am just going to skip to... um, my notes because now that we're talking about it i want to talk about the gm of the cecil hotel okay because she's in the documentary she was so proud of herself and she goes i was the active cecil hotel manager she's this like midwestern white blonde good christian girl (laughs) oh yeah she's like yeah she's like and i don't understand why everybody thinks it's haunted people die here probably 
twice a day. <laughs> and it's just part of the process. She's just so, she's like, I would get dressed up and it was my kingdom. She's like, the best part that got me that I laughed out loud. She's talking about hotel life. Although she goes, this is the first time I've worked in a hotel. I'm like, oh, you just oh, went honey. right to GM. Oh, honey. Oh, you just went right to GM. Good That's, for you. That says a lot about ownership. I'm know? dying to know what her job was before getting that role. I think she sold Arbon. I think it, she's <sighs> very that. I love her. Very that. Um, I was watching a TV show last night and um, a crime show, actually, CSI Las Vegas, uh-huh. um, rewatching it. And this, they're <laughs> like, they work the night shift. And the girl got called back into work and she's all pissed off. And she's like, I'm not a fucking food and beverage worker working <gasps> three weeks in a row without a day off. And I was like, she gets it. Tea. She gets it. Tea. I'm on a because, seven day yeah, run right now. Because it's brutal out there. Tea. Hey, speaking of crime, we got asked to be on a Law & Order podcast. Do you watch that show? What? what? Dun, dun. I'm the biggest Law & Order SVU fan. We just watched Do you want to be on of, it? Because I've never seen it. We just watched all 12 seasons. He, like the first 12 he, are amazing. He slid into my DMs. He's like, would you like to be on our podcast? Like you guys, Topa Talk. Not just me, Topa Talk. No, please. Okay. Wait, are you kidding me? You don't no. know that I'm a huge Law & Order fan? <laughs> I, I think I do it. Boom, boom, I think boom, I do. Boom, boom, but I didn't really know. I literally have a hat that says executive producer okay, Dick Okay, well, Wolf. go on it. They're, in, they're based in Santa Barbara. We'll do it. Holy shit. We'll do it. I'll this set it up. This is thrilling. I will set it up, even though I've never seen it. Maybe that'll be part of the fun. You and I could watch a few episodes. Oh my God, Cody, the last time we recorded- I've never seen a single episode. It's hilarious and awful and amazing. And it's the the writers really just go for it. And it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. So I love it. It's amazing. I found you folks on Apple Podcasts. Did you start the show in season two or three? Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, he wants to- yeah, I'm in it. Okay, we're we're in it to win it. Dun, dun. Is that the same show? Yeah, it's Law & Order. Dun. I hope we can just talk about SVU. If they're like criminal intent, it's not as interesting to me. But oh, I'll is do it like it. Housewives or there's different yeah. things? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Law & Order, Orange County, Law & Order, yeah, Salt exactly. Lake City. Oh my God, speaking <laughs> of which, um, I'm going to breeze by this because I know you could care less, but I think some of our listeners, aka okay, Kelsey, would really appreciate talking about this. <laughs> Actually, I know because she DM'd me and she's asking for our info and I told her I'd save it for the podcast. Amazing. Yeah, make people listen. The new, <laughs> the best, the best new franchise on Real Housewives is Salt Lake City, believe it or not, because it's so different than what most people I think are used to watching, which is, um, or in my circle, at least, being California people. Yeah. They're in the snow. They're ultra religious and like Mormon. They're just very rich. It's so fascinating to watch these opulent women that are so different than the women we see every day here. And they're great television. There's a woman on there named Jen Shaw. And she's always been very vague about what she does for work. Turns out the FBI raided the set because they were filming. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, I saw this note. This the is great. The FBI raided the set of The Real Housewives. They're about to go on their cast trip. And she tried to get out of Dodge, allegedly. And she was saying, like, oh, there's been a family emergency because she got tipped off. And then the FBI swarmed the set, arrested her during filming because she is involved in creating fake businesses to collect people's information and then sell it to companies. And it's really fraudulent and shady. And then she even, that was leaked, she is the voice of a lot of those calls we get oh of my like God. your vehicle your vehicle factory warranty needs you to call now that's her that's what she does so to make sick money of the warranty that's her so that's a real housewife calling you I asking like you for that shit I get like three calls a day can you believe <clears throat> 
So I can't wait to see how that plays out because she she's facing up to fifty years. Oh my in lord! She's not ready for that. Oh, she'll run that prison. Jen Shaw, um, well, no, she's <laughs> she would run that prison. She, I don't think that she's going to be anybody's little mama, as they call it, in jail. So with that show, do do they have like extreme religious overtones and they're just like praying on screen and stuff? <clears throat> like it's very on that on that series on the Salt Lake City one. Most of them are Mormon, and a lot of their storylines are dealing with that. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And the Mormon church is cool with that. I don't think so. Yeah, that seems like... There's a lot they do on that show. I don't think the Mormon church likes the drinking. I mean, it's a very strict religion, you know? Yeah, you're not even supposed to have caffeine. But that's part of the drama is they're battling, like, trying to live their lives while being Mormon, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. But I wanted... You just got over the flu. Oh, yeah. The last time we recorded together, Cody... I had the fucking flu. I didn't get sick. I'm so thankful. I don't believe you. It says I don't believe in sickness. I know. I'm happy for you. I didn't have the mental strength that you carry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My body's like, nah. I thought I was hungover. You heard us talk about it rough. And when I was editing that episode, I was like, oh my God, I didn't think I was sick. And I feel, I've I've talked to, wow, I can't put a sentence together. I've talked to a couple people and they're like, you didn't sound sick. But like, you know how you can tell yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And where um, do you feel sick first? In the head. I get headaches. Well, honestly, like the flu, I had a stomach flu the day before. After we recorded, Ace and I went to Ventura, and I made him pull over, and no. I dry heaved on the side <gasps> of the road. That's low. It was low, and we went to Where? on the avenue. The so, oh, um, no. you're going to Ventura, and Not instead dry of getting on the highway, on the avenue. <laughs> instead of getting on the highway, you take the very first exit off the 33 and take Canada the winding. Larga. Yes. Um, and I threw up on the avenue, and then we went to this little market, and I got these crackers. It was amazing. Not dry soda. heaving on the avenue. Yeah, I'm and sorry. then the next day I woke up with an extreme head cold and a headache, and I was like, <sighs> um, great. And you guys, the flu is still going around, which is so embarrassing because... Like I wear a mask constantly, wash my hands nonstop, and I don't even know how I could have gotten sick or from who. And it's very weird. It's not like you work with the public every day. <laughs> no, I'm over here like, why? Dude. And it's it's funny because I was sitting around at home because you can't go anywhere and you have the flu, obviously, in these times to be responsible. Yeah. And I was like, I might as well just have... I got sick COVID. a lot waiting tables because I think all the cash you deal with. Yeah. And people are gross and dirty and like they go out when they're sick. I don't mean, go out when you're sick. Yeah, I just, I don't really, do. I don't, I think the last time I was genuinely sick was maybe like 2018. Yeah. I just like get, I get bad allergies, but other than that, I just don't. Well, just Ace and Alex know. got the flu fast and were taking out hard. Guys, when they're sick are so funny. It's called the man flu, they call it's it. Awful. It's awful. It's very dramatic. It's so drama. It's very dramatic. It's annoying. It's like they, well, the world stops. Okay. But that's my, kind of my thing. I get annoyed when people are sick. I, that's Me too. That's a flaw of mine. I sh- no, I understand. I don't believe anybody. I struggle Which through. I hate because I know nobody's lying when I say I don't believe in sickness. I'm like, it, I don't know why I get so frustrated. People are like, I'm sick. I'm like, bullshit. I'm more I just, just I don't know why I don't believe it. It's very uncaring of me and I feel bad. I just want people to take the day off and I don't want to hear the pity party. Thank you. Personally. Ding dong. Ding dong. That's it. Go just home and tell shut me. up. Tell me. Hi. I'm not feeling well today. I'm taking the day off. Okay. okay bye. Bye. Not, hello. This is the call. Hello. Hello. I guess I could it's, come in. It's me, Cody. I, I, I hate to do I don't want to do Maybe later I could. But just for now, I just feel so... <laughs> okay, 
That's so much drama. <laughs> were you, I hate it. Were you, I hate it. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm just kidding. Were you spotted in Ohio? <clears throat> I wasn't. I had to edit this down because I can't say where. I'm protecting someone's career. Okay. It has nothing to do with me or anything like that. Okay. Or stop where being I, political and just tell me okay, it's a, a not, rough story. Okay. Someone was spotted not where I work. Mm-hmm. Someone was spotted in downtown Ohio. I have picture proof. I'm not going to say where. But. Justin and Haley Bieber oh, were yeah. spotted. In I know Ohio. exactly who saw them, and I know exactly where. Yeah, were you told by my same source? I saw it on Instagram. Someone posted that on Instagram. Yeah, <gasps> someone posted a receipt. Oh, signed. You lie. With Haley B- Bieber's last first and last well, name. Well, if on it, it was posted on Instagram, I feel a lot less bad. I was, yeah. getting, I you know, you know, Lady Whistle Down, and the team send me all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I was under the impression like someone could get fired if any of this was leaked out. Someone did it um who works I know somewhere else. Well that Yeah. Oh, someone who doesn't work where they were spotted? No. I mean, they were <clears throat> spotted somewhere in Ohio. Yeah. On Main Street. Ohio Avenue even. Some as would say. Call it. <laughs> but isn't that cool and apparently um Sources, I, sources say, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so funny, we could say sources say, yeah. sources say that um, he ordered like a pepperoni pizza and she ordered some like salad thing, I think. Yeah. And that they were both very nice. His security was very nice. Um, JB would not look the server in the eye, oh. but not in a rude way, just kind of like I'm trying to like live my life way. And when... They were they left a very generous tip. Mm-hmm. If you saw the receipt, mm-hmm. I got sent the receipt. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. Great tip. Haley signed it. Mm-hmm. And then when they left, he like put his arms up and went, God bless to the whole restaurant. Okay. And walked out. See, this is what I don't and like. The, oh, the security guard thanked <laughs> the server for being so calm, cool and collected. That and is when, nice. when I was told this, I decided whoever I'm going to dinner with. When we leave, I just need the person to tell the server. God bless. Yeah, God bless. And I need whoever I'm with to tell the server, thank you for being so cool. Thanks for being so calm. I know that was hard to stay calm. I know it's really exciting when Cody comes in. I know it's really thrilling because you know he's going to order a lot of food. You're going to get a good tip. I just very excited that they were here because, you know, He's a big deal. He's very A-list. She's very A-list. They're very A-list. Yeah. I don't care for the fact that she hates Halloween, but it's okay. I would love for him to look people in the eyes. He's like bird. He's he's he burdened could look by people in the eyes. He's burdened by Hollywood. You know, another Ojai local celebrity, Jason Siegel, is very prone <laughs> to contact eye contact. Yeah, he's the eye contact king in the celebrity world. He'll just he'll do a staring contest with mm-hmm. you just to freak you out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. and he's sweet. He'll take p- pictures. I've seen it. Yeah, I would never. But we went to Lazy Dog Cafe, or was it called at the collection? Yeah, Lazy during the Dog. Thomas fire, me, he, and Alexis went to Lazy Dog. I'm just gonna get into it. Yeah, and um, it was the most bizarre feeling because the manager like came out after the server initially did to finish serving us, and then she was being like over the top, too much, too much, and then at the very end, like. The like the boot dropped. What's that? What's that term? Like some the other yeah, foot dropped. Yeah, the other foot dropped. The other foot dropped, and she goes. So my daughter's always been a fan. It's like here we go, and he's like, yeah, I'll take a picture. Very polite. Mm-hmm. Very polite. She gets a picture with him, and then literally a line starts. A line of people of people dining, 
Mm. and working there, which is so inappropriate. Imagine working at a place and waiting in a queue to get a picture with someone. I could imagine working somewhere and there was an unnecessary line while I'm trying to serve tables. I'd be like, y'all gotta fucking sit down. No, but imagine <laughs> the audacity to be like, I need to take table eight's order, but, but I would like this picture with Jason Siegel, so I'm going to... I mean, I get it. He's lovely. He's talented. But what does that do? Like, just so you can show people. But also, let the dude have dinner. Yeah. That was my one time having um, dinner with him, and it was very surreal. It was very surreal. I felt bad for him. I felt bad for Alexis. He handles himself very well. Yeah, he does. He does. He He knows how to do it. He is a top-notch pro. He doesn't do social media because he doesn't want to upset people with anything because things get misconstrued yeah he just is he's genuine he's a real dude he's a great guy he's cool um okay that's funny i for some reason thought that you had one of my scenarios where like i'll be serving a table and they're like do you do topa talk i thought that's what the story was going to be about oh no like- nobody knows me <laughs> I, I who do you think i have justin bieber um okay cody i think what we need to talk about right now yes is you being literally fat <laughs> Why would you call me that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I put my notes. I am literally fat. Trigger warning. If you get triggered by talks about being fat, I apologize. Or dieting, I apologize. But the truth is, I'm like, I'm just like bona fide fat. <laughs> certified bona fide. <laughs> certified bona fide. Put a stamp on it. I'm fat, but I'm like actively, as always, trying to like feel better about it. But I'm just like, Wow. I'm fat. I even went to try to get the vaccine because I heard obese people can get it. Mm-hmm. And I am I am considered obese, but I'm not obese enough to get the vaccine. Aww. So I'm like, so You're I'm... You're like going to try to use that perk. I'm fat enough You're to like, be obese, but I'm... <laughs> yeah, while I'm here, I might as well... That's honestly what I was thinking. I was like, well... I'm only going to be fat This is the once. situation. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh God. And so I just... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm... It's, I am kind of tired of it being this like kind of unspoken elephant in the room, no pun of me being in the room, but I'm tired of it being this like unspoken thing of like, Cody's back or like, I don't know. It just, it is what it is. You feel like people think that or say that or care. Don't want to address it. Well, what's there to address? I want That's every, I... every time I walk into a room, I'll be like, Hey fatty. Okay. So here's the thing <laughs> I think is that what you're That's doing. Not, you're no. carrying your insecurity into a room and expecting, and like yes, expecting everybody to notice it. And that's yeah, not the truth. And that's not the truth. You're acting like an alcoholic. Oh, when tell an alcoholic, me more about that. When an alcoholic goes to a party and doesn't have a beer in their hand, they think all eyes are on them and they're, wow. they like freak out. So it's like, and that the, the, they're the topic of conversation because they're not drinking. That's so they're what weird. I think. So you act like when you walk in the room, everyone's like, oh, Cody's fat. Like what? No. That's what I honestly think people are doing. And then I'm taking my robe <laughs> Take it off. off. It's, it's hot. Warm. <laughs> it's really hot. I have nothing on under mine. Well, so. I'm fat, so I'm sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm literally, okay, so I gained okay during okay give it to us i've (laughs) i think i've gained since you've known me 40 pounds and from my ideal weight when i was like fittest like let's take fitness pictures that you know what that's why it is that's why it's in my head and i'm extra insecure about it is because i used to do for a living to that's what i was gonna say help people not be this so it's like how do i run when i run into an old client i'm like hmm that sucks you know what i mean you know what i mean okay yeah I imagine being a teacher for health class and dare like drugs against whatever and then you run into a former student and you're shooting up in an alleyway that's how i feel as a former personal trainer running into a client and i'm fat 
So I want to pick apart like everything you just said. Okay. And you, I know everything I'm saying is toxic and wrong. And I get it. I get that it's bad. What, I don't think how I'm so. Feeling. I think you're just projecting your you own don't make any, reality. You know what? It's hard to talk about being fat because there are people larger than me. And I don't want to make them feel bad. Well, that's I'm not a, talking about their bodies. I'm talking about my own. Your personal experience. Yeah. This is your personal experience and your personal experience only. Yeah. So you said that. When you were a trainer, you were helping people not be fat or that's, something. But that's not even true. But that's not even, that's true. Not even true. I know. See, so, I'm crazy. No, it's okay. I think you're projecting like your personal reality with yourself on yeah. other people. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah, it's fine. You just have a huge insecurity and it bleeds into everything you do. It does. It's almost like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But this because is, I really was a trainer to make people feel good and have yeah, a great day. And yeah, you know and, I mean? and moving your body is amazing and it's good yeah. for you. Whether or not your goal is to lose weight, you should be exercising. Yeah. Um. So I was talking this through with a friend yesterday because obviously I was telling you, you told me um, to call you fatty and I said, I think that's illegal, but yeah, I'll support you, said, you. I was like, she was, she was <laughs> like out of concern. She was like, why, why do you want like, you're literally fat? Like in the notes, I was like, yeah, just call me fatty. And she was like, that feels against the law, yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> but, it does. You shouldn't call names. Um, But I was also, you know, trying to put it into my own perspective. And as someone who's struggled with body image since I was like eight, my family yeah. told me I was chubby. I was a kid. Like, yeah, it's wrong. what the fuck? Um, and so it's something that's always been a focus and it never seems to go away. If I'm killing it in my career, if I start a small business, if I do a podcast, if I sell all my pottery, if I have an amazing relationship with my boyfriend, if yeah. I get any success, there's this cloud that's constantly hanging over me of like my self-worth is tied to the way my body looks yes and so on days of you know low confidence and stuff i feel less worthy of love less worthy of money less worthy of everything want it yeah because i don't feel like i should have it yeah and so i'm kind of at the point 20 years into this battle That I've been I'm, told this, yeah. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I, I want to know when am I going to accept myself? When am I going to be okay with the fluctuation of five pounds up and down? Because that's natural and that's what happens to me. Yep. And it's like people see me and they compliment me and they like my body. And a lot of times I like my body. Mm-hmm. But I just want to know, like, it's exhausting. I'm I'm so exhausted because even if I lost... It takes a lot of mental space to think about and there's other shit to think about. Yeah, and if I lost that 15 pounds, like, that's what I'm talking... I'm battling about 15 pounds. Right. If I lost that 15 pounds, I'd be, de- I'd be terrified to gain the 15 pounds and then how do I act then and how do I feel then and then am I afraid yeah. of every pound that comes back on and, like, I don't know that I don't... I need to have peace with it now. Right. Because even if I do lose the weight, like I need to be happy in my body. Well, literally 60 pounds ago at my, like when I was like 180, like peaked, like um, running CrossFit, yada, yada. I was like, even then I'm so disappointed looking back now. Cause even then I was like, God, your body's awful. Mm-hmm. Like you, like you like torture yourself, blah, blah, blah. And, um, it just sucks and I'm like, damn, my mind has not changed 60 pounds up. Just my body has. Right. And so what's like, crazy is my mind yeah. is the same. And you look at that body and go, oh, if I had that body, oh, I'd I would, treat it so well. And it's yeah. like you didn't when you had it. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was obviously going through the same stuff. A girl in high school, hello. Or mm-hmm. anyone in high school. The insecurities are so high. Yeah. 
And I'm, I look back at photos and I'm like, God, she was so fit, so active. Like I was doing basketball two a days, playing like so many sports and so fit and natural. And I would do anything to be back in those size seven jeans yes. or whatever, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, I still hated myself right. and talked down about myself and stuff. Right. And it's so funny. I was with my parents recently and I was laughing. We were looking at a picture and I was with a girlfriend at a store or something and I was like god I was so thin and my dad was like I know and you always and he was like yeah there was you you've always been that way and you've never liked it or something and he was like I never got that and I was like it was like it, it was really sweet what yeah, he said yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I can't put it into words no the way I feel he did. you but I was just like oh wow like uh, the fact that my dad can recognize my insecurities about my body like that's sad like <laughs> well when you love someone you do see their insecurities immediately yeah plain as day and you wish that that person could see themselves as as you and everybody else sees them yeah and that's one of the hardest things in and to even give to yourself yeah is to be like the way that i see myself i know is different than how other people see me yeah and um i hope to think people see me and they go Oh, he's gained some quarantine weight, but he's still Cody and he's and he's nice and he's polite to me and he's friendly and and that. Yeah. That's what I would hope. But in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I am like, you know, I will I could go into it, but we're trying not to be so self deprecating. No, it's okay. Yeah. And you know what else I'm thinking too is like and I've heard moms share this before and I'm not I hate mom shaming. It's actually one of my biggest pet peeves. Uh It really upsets me. Um it's (laughs) a bummer. To see and hear people's yeah. little microaggressions against motherhood, it's a bummer. But I honestly do think a lot of our le- learned behavior is obviously from our family and our parents. And I had a very materialistic, <clears throat> outwardly like must have hair done, must have makeup on, must have great outfit, must look great mother. And like good for her. She's always really been well put together, mm-hmm. beautiful woman. But I heard her talk negatively about her body and other women's bodies. Yep. And it was such an open conversation. Like even my father, even my sister, like even men in my life would talk negatively or positively about women's body. And it seemed to have carried enough value in the sense of how their worth is. Mm-hmm. That that's a learned behavior that I have inside of me. And I know a lot of I've seen a lot of stuff on Instagram with moms talking about that and like, don't talk negatively about your body. They'll internalize that. And my mom wants nothing but happiness for me. She always talks me up, tells me I'm beautiful, but I learned self-deprecation, you know, through seeing it. I honestly think that's why these kids keep getting better is because we see how we were raised and we take the things that we appreciate and the the great parts of our childhood and we apply it (laughs) and then the rest we see what isn't working and we drop it. And that's why... um, that's why a lot of, you know, these these kids that are getting older are, are more woke and understanding. Yeah. My mom was very similar. She was like a pageant girl. She's Miss Ojai, Miss Ventura. She's yeah. a Miss California pageant. And yeah, we'd be watching TV growing up. And it, if she didn't like someone, oh, she's fat. Mm-hmm. Oh, she has man hands. That was like her biggest insult she could think of <laughs> yeah but yeah always um oh no she's fat or if she didn't like anybody in general she'd be like well whatever she's fat and right by the way i was literally fat when i was little yeah so like, hearing that being like oh oh so i'm a piece of shit you right. know granted i have to say for the record she never made me feel like a piece of shit growing up my mom was a great mom to me growing up very supportive but these like nuanced ways that she talked about other people that were similar to me to me 
kind of was kind of damaging. And that's that seeps into your subconscious without you having like much control over it. Oh well, my weight is a direct um, relation to my value. Yeah, same. And I Even and I wish today. that that wasn't. I but wish it's... that wasn't true, but I feel like. Um, even if I'm down two pounds, my value is up two points. Right. Isn't that fucked up? It is. Yeah. And it it carries throughout my entire life. Yeah. You know, and that's why, I mean, we both want, we both, it's interesting, we both went through this at the same time, but we both have been dealing with a spurt of depression. Yes. I was just going to turn it to this because I think it's a great segue. Well, mine's related. I don't know if yours is. Mine is too. My value points also (laughs) come from productivity. And so I just I just went through something, but let's talk about yours first. I just I don't know. I just I get in these weird like low points. I don't know. I must have some type of personality disorder. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's hereditary in my family, and I go on these like great highs Swings. and then these huge lows where I literally will just stare at a wall and be like, I can't do anything, yeah. even if I tried. I was putting my shoes on for work and I'm just staring at the wall like I feel like paralyzed. Right, C- catatonic. Literally, and it's just like so crazy when you get like that because you want to show up for people and you want to show up for things, and but you can't even yeah show up for yourself. And it's my apartment became a mess, and I'm like, that's not good for you because you're that's not because yeah. I'm a clean beat. Right? That's you know what that's a telltale sign. sign of when I'm not doing great is my apartment is messy. Yeah. The moment my apartment's messy, this is just for me personally. Some people thrive in a mess. I just really like a tidy space, and I feel like being a cancer, too, if you want to get into it, (laughs) since cancers are about their shells and their homes and their nests, you know, um, it's a direct reflection on me, I believe, and not just, I mean, I believe the decor, the vibes, the energy, the cleanliness, it's all a reflection of who I am as a person, and I take pride in that, and so when it's messy, that's how I feel. If you walk into my apartment any day of the week, that's how my mood is. You could yeah. tell by the moment you walk into the apartment. See, I'm I'm a Virgo and I really connect to like cleanliness and organization, <clears throat> but I actually come from it in a different way. You're talking about pride. Mine comes from a place of control. So if T. Yep. So if yeah, I yeah, yeah. if I feel out of control, if I feel wild anxious anything i will clean and i will organize because i feel like that is my flex that's my mm-hmm. chance to have control over my life mm-hmm. and to have control over my environment and it feels good there's it, a start middle and end and it feels really good and i'm task oriented as yes. a virgo so yeah there's exactly and so i'm with you on that um i mean there's definitely a pride factor i grew up in a clean home and my family always was very focused so on funny. that we have similar upbringings yeah. that's funny yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and so yeah. Uh, it's a huge comfort to me. Yeah. To have a clean home and to have that smell of freshness is a huge comfort to me. Yeah. And I feel out of control if I'm in, if my space is dirty for yeah. too long. I mean, a day, I typically like let a dirty house go for a day, maybe two, and then See, I feel crazy. Like, I also like, it's been that I am so busy. And then when I'm not at work, I prioritize the wrong things. And I'm realizing all of a sudden th- while working through this depression, two main things to help me. So I'm trying not to focus on the fact that um, you're fat, so you're depressed. I think that I'm depressed, so I might be fat. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I th- I think that we may need to What's flip the What's the chicken or the here. egg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, neither are helping each other. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, you don't have, with all due respect, with all due respect, 
I don't really have anything that I'm passionate about right now. And I say with all due respect to everything in my life that I love. Yeah, of course. Um, You know, I'm passionate about being an uncle. I'm passionate about being a good friend. I'm passionate about being a good coworker. But it's like... Those are for other people. Those are for other people. I don't have anything that I'm passionate about for myself. And right. I don't have anything that I'm driving towards. And I don't have anything that I'm looking forward to. And I'm trying to find those things. And I've been doing vis- like visualizing on um, like my shelf road walk in the morning or just trying to do active like visualizing so that I have something where I go, this is a goal. I'm trying not to make about anything. I'm just like visualizing me being happy at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> no, that sounds stupid. No, it's cute. But like, I'm like, I just need something to look towards to give me purpose. And I, I need, I don't know. I used to. When when I waited tables and I had these dreams of doing bio and like started to do that, I had like this passion project yeah. and this thing. Topotalk is a passion project too. I just I, I it's it's hard to describe what I'm trying to say. I don't I know. I get what you're to come. I, I feel completely kind of just understand. like I'm I'm spinning around in an intersection in yeah. my life and I don't know which road to take. That's so cheesy, well, but that's, that's where I'm at. I think too for the last five years that I've known of you and mm-hmm. been your friend. Um, I mean, I've known of you for yeah five years. That's actually kind of crazy. Oh, but, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen you be entrepreneurial or artistic or have something that was like really fun and interesting, you know, yeah. for you. So it was either bio or it was your personal training or it was come sweat with Cray. Like here's some moves or it was your baking or something. you're doing art. And right now, what am I doing? This, which I'm grateful for. Yeah, I mean, but- I'm really appreciative of Topa Talk because it's a fun hobby thing to look forward to. Otherwise, I'd probably still be in bed right now. Yeah. Or I'd be on shelf row, to be honest with you. And I think that this is also, I mean, it's also a product of the pandemic. Yeah. It's also a product of being overworked. When you're overworked and you don't have time to even like recover, you can't be creative because your mind is so (laughs) used up in other ways. Right. Your emotional energy is being used every day. So it's like, how do you turn inward at the end of the day when you've given it all away? (laughs) That's something I realized, too, is that I am realizing that I have been living each day um, work-oriented. Right. And I'll figure out what I do before and after work when that happens. Versus back in the day, it used to be like, what am I doing today? I know that I have to work at these times, but what am I doing today? Yeah. Like, it was just a an appointment. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I need to treat it that way because it's like, um, yeah, you're an adult. You got to make money. You got to work. You got to show up for your coworkers. You got to do a good job. And um, whatever that is. And so I have been only doing that. Yeah. And then it's like, I get stuck in these like loops of like, oh my God, I'm doing literally nothing before and after work. No wonder I'm miserable. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. I haven't been able to do ceramics in a month. And I think that has Is led. that true? <clears throat> yeah. So um, at the end of February, I cut my left pointer finger pretty yeah. bad. Um, and it was like painful. And do you have a scar? Um, it's going away. I cut the nail too. The nail's growing mm. out finally and stuff. Like it was pretty bad. Oh, nerve and endings. The second that healed, I mandolined my right pointer finger. What's you can that? still see it. 
Um, oh it's like god. Julianne. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, I just got chills. I know, I'm that sorry. a bad cut. It I hate really when bad. people get hurt. I needed about three to four stitches and I did. I just super glued it. Um, That's fine. It's fine. I've super glued my body. Yeah, and so I haven't been able to get in the studio. I haven't been able to surf. Oh, And stuff. those are two things that like for me are very personal and intimate with myself. Yeah. And I haven't been able to do them. I did get a new job. Um, at the end of February and I'm so thankful for it because I think it's pushed me through and kept me up my head above water a little bit because as a Virgo as someone who has like prides himself on work ethic it's been fun to connect to a new team and like do a yeah. good job and all that stuff so I understand when you're coming from like okay I'm going to focus on being good at work so that's definitely like pulled me through yeah. but like not being able to go make pottery on my own like in my music and cre- be creative I haven't like created anything in a month which is Oof, weird for me for like you. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's where I think I got really low. Like my self-worth, my identity felt so, I felt so disconnected from myself. Yeah. And I know it's temporary and I know I'll be back on it soon. So I didn't go like too, too, too deep, but I did, I did like post this thing on Instagram and like everyone was so sweet and reached out and stuff. And the next morning I had a heart attack about it. Why? And like archived it. <laughs> Why did you have a heart attack about it? I just felt I, I felt unworthy of like oh. the attention and the love because it was like I. That's definitely not the lowest I felt. It's not the most depressed I've been. Right. I was. I had the flu for four days and was sitting on my ass and just felt so. I felt like I'd never do anything cool again. I'd never create again. I'd never. So make why do you think you're again. unworthy of that? It you just, know, people's people's love and support is is like a infinite thing that they can give yes it's it's people's love and supports are like flames on a candle they could light your candle too and they're not extinguished they're not going to run out of you know it's not a pizza (laughs) party they don't have pieces of pizza that they're giving out until it's gone if you need love and support you're deserving and and you're not taking that from anybody else yeah i guess i meant it i meant the post more like jokey and collective like well we can all feel this way like isn't it you know what i mean more like more like collectively and I got like really sweet responses on a very personal level and I just felt like okay this isn't the most depressed I've ever been people are more it's kind of like the thing with you where you like feel sensitive talking about your weight because there's people who struggle more than you or less than you and da 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 and it's like it feels odd it it just you know that probably was an act of service for the people that reached out to you too because doesn't it feel good when you check on people yeah, of course. And so I you, and I don't even sweat it. I don't care if they're actually fully depressed or not depressed. I you don't just care. Want to check on. Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. People have been checking on me too lately, which is interesting cuz I feel like I well, actually, I take that back. I was gonna, I feel like I haven't been actively putting out that vibe. Yeah. You know, like I'm trying to like save face on Instagram and stuff, but I think people could tell something's up. I think it's <laughs> Do you fair, know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's the power of social media too is like I posted that thing and three people were like, is something in the air today? Like, it just is all, you know, going on and people wanted to connect. And that's what I wanted to do it for, too, is to be just be like, no one's alone. We're all struggling. I think that actually you're right. Collectively, I've I've heard that a lot of people, especially last week and the week before. Yeah, it was actually the first full moon of the astrological new year. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> fucked us up. <laughs> fucked us up. Full moon. Yeah. Oh man. Ay ay ay. Okay. Um, phone etiquette. Oh, I dealt with someone who had the worst phone etiquette I've ever fucking dealt with. I and so it just inspired me to be like, phone etiquette's an interesting thing. Yes. I'm picky about it. Yeah. And I. <clears throat> 
want to know if you have any phone etiquette pet peeves. Cause of course I, I do. When I tell you, I want, I, when I tell you, I could role play with you so you could see how this, <laughs> how this person did it. But I, I've never in my life had someone where I call them and instead of hello, they just pick up the phone after zero rings, which is shocking when oh, someone scary. just immediately picks yeah. up and starts talking about something that I <laughs> wasn't calling about. They just hijacked their conversation. Like, um, it was just the most bizarre thing. And so fast. And this then just hangs up while I'm in the middle of a sentence because they're done. So talking. rude. And I talked to this person probably literally had like 10 phone calls with them yesterday. And every time it was like that. And every time I'd be like, so what time? click and they would just just hang up because they were done with what they had to say and they're like okay figure it out and every single time they clicked i would go because i was so frustrated well yeah do you ever like have a bit of a demanding tone with people on the phone i used to have to do that i used to say like yes sometimes i need you to stick with me here for a moment you know like it's gonna take a second yeah please (laughs) yeah i have extreme sometimes you have to bring it to a human to human level and be like i understand you and in fact i sympathize with you in this situation so i would like to help you may i help you yes (laughs) that's what i will say because i'm like let's be humans for a second i hear you i get why you're upset let me help you not be upset right if you give me the opportunity to do so i would really appreciate that you're right because sometimes i call i would call people and they would just like get into it and be like you know what i completely actually understand i'm, I'm on you, your side i'm on calling this you one. with a solution actually totally. so let's get <laughs> i'm calling you with a solution <laughs> so i understand but like let's not hash it back out um there's my, someone in my life who who just doesn't talk when they're on the phone that's my biggest pet peeve yeah where they'll they'll just start doing something like hello yeah i'm here i'm listening <laughs> my mom hangs up on people oh my god she gets I really can't. angry and hangs up my dad it's like the biggest thing in our family like if she hangs up i'm like you can't just hang up on people like you don't it's I, she loves it because it's like and i, I adore my mom i think it's hilarious like she just like it's like they're not in your face so she's like okay i'm done bye and then she just doesn't pick back up and she, have, it's yeah. conflict avoidance yeah. like 101 kaylee's a hang-upper Bye. Bye, Kaylee. If Kaylee and <laughs> My I mom get into will it, just say, okay, bye. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Kaylee won't say it. She'll go, this, if Kaylee and I are in a fight over the phone, she'll go, okay, yep, bye. And hang up. And I and then I'll text her and I'll go, did you just hang up on me? <laughs> Technically, I said bye. No. I get um, so mad. My two biggest pet peeves. And this is mostly people calling in to me. Because, like, I worked a job very tied to my phone. Had to answer my phone. Had to check my voicemails. Uh-huh. Had to call people back. Had to be on the phone a lot. People would call me and then put me on the hold. And I'm like, you just fucking called me. Like now I, and and here's the thing is like, I, I work for you, but you don't pay my bills. So like, it's like, I don't work for people who act like they own you because they have you on the, it's very frustrating. Yeah. The other one is don't call me when you're in your car and distracted and can't look at documents that like we said, we'd talk about, let's go over the menu. You're driving your car and on Bluetooth and then are like, Oh, hold on. I need to take a right turn. Oh, I need to, I hate the, it happens so often. Or how about, I'll do you one better. How about their new job? I used to hate when I waited tables. And people would be on the phone. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I'll take a um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'll take a, yeah, yeah I'll be right back. I'm just ordering right now. Yeah, the guy's standing right here. I got it. With the guy's standing right here, I got to order real I'd, quick. I, I would be like, oh my God. I'm, I have such an attitude. I'll literally be like, I'll come back when you're off the phone. Like, I, I can't with people. I can't with people. <laughs> or like, I'll let you finish the phone call. 
I can't with people. People walk around on speakerphone. They hold you at your attention. Like you can't go anywhere because they want to talk to you, but they can't get off the phone. It's kind of, it's very rude. Oh my God. I do have to say yesterday I was on double phone duty. Have you ever been on double phone duty? I'm on my cell phone in one ear and I'm on Mm -hmm. my other phone in the other ear. And it was basically a conference call because I... We all three of us need to work together. And I was relaying the information. <laughs> I felt so silly. That happened. That did happen. That is happening. Yes, that's um, happening. Phone okay. etiquette. Be nice, people. I mean, come on. It's not that hard. Yeah. So while we're talking about being nice and phone etiquette, I wanted to talk about practicing patience. I would like to talk about practicing patience. Could you be patient while I go pee? And then we could take a quick break. Do you need and to pee? Talk, yeah, really bad. And then we could talk about patience okay. since you're being so patient with me yes. right now. Yeah, let's take a quick break. Okay. We'll be right back. And we're thank back. you. Hey, thanks for being patient. You're welcome. Hey, thanks for being to to my defense, you went too. Um okay. So we both had to be patient. So I think people talk a lot of times about um small acts of kindness and how to like make people stay better, blah blah blah, whatever. You mm-hmm. know? I'm trying to go out there and be a good person. Yep. And I think a really great way of doing that is practicing patience because everyone acts like they're always in a fucking rush. My time is not more valuable than your time. Yes. My, I don't, I'm not more important. I don't need to be anywhere faster than you need to be there. And I just think that um, our society is in a rush for some reason. I'm fucking sick of it. Stop and smell the roses. It's frustrating. I, I hear you. I hear you. And do you ever check yourself when you get in that flustered state of mind and uh, you and you actively try to slow down? Yeah, it happens a lot to me at the grocery store. I what practice are a ways, lot of patience at the grocery store. What are what are things that you find impa- that you get impatient about and you find yourself like, ooh, I'm getting really impatient here. I hate being in a grocery store line. <clears throat> really? Yeah. And so I've like channeled that and changed it and been like, I get behind these people who like split up their order and like pay. They split up the oh order and they get a receipt and they pay cash for everything <laughs> because they're like buying stuff for other people. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? If I show signs of being impatient, mm-hmm. I'm now negatively affecting the person that is trying and to get through helping. this. And it makes them anxious. Yeah. And it makes the cashier anxious. And then, yeah. I, and then I bring that energy to the cashier and God forbid, they're just doing their job. Like they can't control what a... Yeah guest does or doesn't do yeah and then i also love to like let people go in front of me in the line if they have one or two items that's like the best way to show someone kindness in my opinion i'm like go ahead like you have two things i have a full cart oh go 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 yeah go 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 um and then in the car is where i need to practice it more oh that's an easy place to be impatient because (laughs) um you don't have to like deal with anybody have you been honked at by impatient people? Yes. That's a bad feeling. I do not like horns. I don't I, like being honked at. It just at. turns into anger. And I don't honk either. <laughs> I don't think I've ever honked at someone. My mom's honker on her Jeep um, failed and my dad has never fixed it because he's convinced that she's going to get herself murdered. Yeah. Because she honks and flips off. Ooh. See, almost, I don't. She almost got into a beef with a woman. She did get into a beef <clears throat> with a woman. No way. At a um, grocery store. No way. And in the parking lot. And no the woman way. got out of her car and like came after her. No way. Mm-hmm. I've never been in an experience like that. Mm-hmm. My mom's wild with the horn. I like to think I'm pretty fucking patient. I get impatient on other people's behalves. Like, uh, like um, at the grocery store. Let's let's go back let's to that. If I'm in gr- line and the person is like, I yeah, these three are on this card. These three are on this <laughs> card. And how come this said there was this price, but it's not this price. <laughs> I... 
can just see the person working there yeah, and, and like, I feel for them. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. Time to me is an illusion. I like, I don't believe in being early or late. I don't believe in time frames. With that said, I think I have impeccable time management skills <laughs> at work, which is so funny because yeah. I'm notoriously late everywhere, but I tend to have really good time management skills while working, but I save it for work the rest of the time. I just am like, whatever, I'm here. I'm on this journey, you know, like last week when I got us beacon, there was the longest wait because everybody was getting it and it was nobody's fault other than the fact it was a popular morning and I wasn't mad at it. I just was checking the scene. I just heard the funniest anecdote about someone being impatient at a coffee store, coffee shop. The owner of this coffee shop got an email from an angry guest Uh saying that... Do we know the coffee shop? Yeah. Sometimes that when they are standing in line... The people in front of them don't know what they want. And it's really frustrating. And that they wish that there was like two lines, a line (laughs) for people who know what they want and a line for people who they don't. Or like they were How do you feel about that? uh, They were hoping bad idea. I just think that (laughs) it's entitled as fuck. The expectations that some people have on businesses is outrageous. I think if I I am I'm upset and sick of people coming uh-huh. to places with these <clears throat> expectations they've made up in their mind yep. and then get mad when we don't meet those expect when people yep. so you're getting upset because you came up with something in your head about the way something should be and then it's not and now you're mad at the business and it's like you came up oh, with that. Oh, it's not about the business. It's not about the business. It's about, yeah, it's whatever. You got to <laughs> plan ahead if I'm, you really want to get into it. I'm not going to like meet you at your expectation. I'm going to perform on how we perform. I have to say, I have to say I was there two weeks ago. I'm assuming it's the same coffee shop, but yeah. I was there and the person directly in front of me again I was feeling impatient on behalf of the employee. Yeah. <laughs> I could care less. My, I think it was my day off. I was just cruising. It was a beautiful day. I was just like, whatever. But I was trying not to laugh because this person in front of me is standing there. And yeah, she literally is like, well, let me text the options of the <laughs> no! croissants to my friend. No. And we all stood there waiting for her to get a response. And the poor employee looked at me like, I'm sorry. And like, you know, when you telepathically talk to people, like looked at me like, I'm sorry. And I was like, I was like, hey, it's. And then I, if I remember correctly, after this person, literally five minutes of ordering, which is a long time. It doesn't sound like a long time, but in the grand scheme of ordering a coffee, that's a long time. I'd get out of line and get back in line if I was just like, let's order the coffees and I'll find out the croissant later. Like, there's I texted you what you wanted from the coffee shop this morning while I was still in bed. Right. Because I wanted to be prepared. Right. I... That cracked me up and then... It's so funny. Well, they they want, like, I blended... um, Mocha drink. Not okay, well, happen. we don't have those here. Okay, let me text them and see what they want instead. Oh, just get an iced mocha. You don't mocha. want to check the menu before you came online? Maybe like an iced mocha would be it a just good cracked, sub. It cracked me up. And then <laughs> and then if I remember correctly, it was like a, it was like a big order and no tip. Uh, Do you tip on behalf of others? Yes. Because I, I'll make I up doubled, the difference. I double tipped on that day because I felt for that employee. I was like, you're a rock star. You're very patient. If there's a tip that jar... The employee did not show a slight, the slightest inclination of irritants to that person, but I could feel it. Yeah. And I think that that was great customer service, and they should be proud of themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, what happened in line at Beacon today? What happened? Oh, 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 well, oh, okay. This is very interesting to me. I had a revelation at the, in line at Beacon today. 
because this adorable couple gets out of the car. Yeah. She is in a spring dress. He is in a full suit with a bow tie. Wow. They look sharp. Oh. They look sharp. They walked out of there. Who did they look like? They look like Jack Skellington and Peppa Pig. They got out of their car <laughs> looking great, holding it onto each other. You know that feeling when you know you look good and nobody else around you looks good? It's kind of like that after prom at in and out yeah. vibe of like, I'm looking good. They kind of had that vibe to them. And the person working there was like, you two look nice. And the girl says, she goes, and of course she's wearing a cross necklace. It is a holiday today. It's Easter. <laughs> she goes, she goes, well, Today, what'd she say? And I was my I shocked. <laughs> I, I didn't realize this before. She goes, it's the one day to dress up. That's what she said. Easter Sunday is the one day to dress up. And that's when I realized Easter is the Halloween of crazy Christians. Yeah. It's a bonkers holiday. There are bunnies there are chickens there are eggs there it's there's candy involved there's hunting for candy like trick-or-treating there's dressing up there's it's the fucking it's the most bonkers christian holiday it really is bonkers if you break it down it is for for um christians like devout christians because i know christians celebrate halloween Halloween. it's the halloween for christians and i was like this is i never understood because we didn't really 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 celebrate it growing up big time i never understood why people were so into easter and now that i see it in this new light the way she said it's the one day to dress up that's what i've always said about halloween (laughs) i'm like this is how good christian people feel about Easter is yeah. how I feel about Halloween. I fucking get it yes. now. I don't like it, but yeah. I get it now. So we and were... I respect it now. Yeah. When they say he is risen, that's how I feel about zombies. Yeah. I fucking get it. I get just as excited. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Easter egg hunts, I get it. Oh, so fun. I grew up I we grew up in not a very religious house at all. Like I understood my parents believed in God. I went to Catholic church with my grandparents like if i went to church it was with my grandparents yeah 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 um but it wasn't like a big deal i didn't have to do anything like i didn't have to perform i didn't have to like pray like my parents weren't expecting who performs well some parents like really expect children to like pray and like be active in church or like be interested or yeah something like that in the choir um and so easter sunday was a big deal for my family went to christian or catholic church I went to Catholic as a young one. Well, you don't want to participate as a young kid in the Catholic church because those <laughs> no. pastors yeah. there, um, they want you to participate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you probably dodged a bullet. Yeah. We're laughing about that, but that's okay. Um, So my dad is so sweet. Like he really kind of gets into like, he got into the Santa thing. Like he'd always like leave, yeah, yeah, yeah. leave like eating cookies and like Halloween he loved. And Easter, <laughs> I would, I remember one Easter specifically, we woke up and my dad was so they used to put jelly beans in our shoes that's like an old old like european thing i think like you'd put jelly beans in shoes like we'd leave our shoes out by the fireplace and the next morning they'd be full of jelly beans and my dad was like go outside the easter bunny was here and he (sighs) took our dog i didn't know this at the time but he Uh took our dog and like lifted her up and got her she made mud, got her feet Stop. muddy, and then like put, bounced them out. So what like a it good looked, dad. yeah, really cute. And then we would go to Crockett Park every year in Northern California, and I have these memories. We'd have there'd be a softball field, so at some point during the picnic, we'd all play softball. 
And like Stop. as a softball what a fun girl. Spring day. Yeah. And then my dad would teach us how to make these little leashes out of um, grass. I would use the but honestly, they're like little nooses, but like I feel weird saying that. And uh-huh. we would go lizard hunting and you'd like slip the leash over the lizard's head and then you could catch that's, it and like. <laughs> that's not leashes or walking lizard. You were hunting, we were li- hunting you were lynching lizards. lizards. Um, and we would like catch them and release them or we'd like bring them back with us and like put them in a box and like watch them run cute. around. <laughs> that's so and, cute. And um, like have these epic picnics. And my uncle was Aww. like a professional photographer and would always get us like in our easter dresses and we'd all get dressed up and it's the one day to dress up it's the one day to dress up but yeah they say. big That's easter so family but not for any real reason not for any real reason it's just because it's fun my family like loves to get together and do fun stuff together well, that's the thing about a lot of holidays is like you forget what the re- i mean we growing up we would have like wake up to baskets mm-hmm. do an egg hunt in the mm-hmm. backyard and that kind of was it if yeah. i remember correctly um, I think there was a few years we went to my grandparents' house, but other than that, there was a few years we went to Disneyland, which is interesting. Wow. Very slow day at the Disneyland. Hmm. Um, and so I highly recommend that. But yeah, we just like Easter is kind of just like, we're not like a springtime family. We were a big Christmas, Halloween, 4th of July. Those yeah. are our, I mean, 4th of July party at the Creighton house. So fun. Big time. Big um, time. Amazing. But yeah, Easter could do it. Could and live without I it. I keep talking about my mom this episode. Bless her heart. Go for it. Um, the first few years I moved out of a house, my mom <clears> would send me an Easter package with like the Aww. and like from the Easter Bunny, and she'd send me Valentine's Aww. Day, like all the little holidays to just because she, my parents are cute. Like my dad's um, tradition on Valentine's Day was to always get me this fuzzy teddy that came from the rose shop where he'd get like roses for my mom, uh-huh. and it'd smell like roses. They put that spray on them. Oh, and so like every year I'd get a little stuffy from my dad, and my mom always got us chocolate for valentine's day like they're so sweet they were really traditions are important yeah that's so cute yeah my family apparently had easter yesterday morning was not invited (laughs) i was not invited you are a sinner why would you go literally i think that's the tea (laughs) yeah i was like okay my family did easter yesterday too which is funny huh well, I, I hope they all had a lovely time. I'm glad I'm spending Easter morning with you. I know. Is this, this is fun? nice. I literally was just like, oh, it was Easter tomorrow. Like, I'm tripping. It's <laughs> like, not, I... it's not on my radar. Yeah. If I have children, I'll make stuff fun for them because obviously. I was talking to Kaylee's kids on Friday and I was like, today's Good Friday. And they're like, what's that mean? I was like, it's the day <laughs> Jesus died. And so I was like, that's a good thing. And I'm like, no. And this is how I described Easter. And I, of course, let them know I was kidding, but this is my, I'm very proud of the sick thing that I came up with. Yeah. It's not sick. It kind of makes sense. But I said that Jesus, you know, died on Good Friday. He hung out in a cave and then he rose on Easter Sunday as a zombie. And instead of brains, he wanted eggs. And all the, <laughs> all the people in Bethlehem or wherever the hell Jesus lives is like, hide the eggs paint them so he doesn't know what they look like and hide the eggs so he can't find them and then he wandered for eternity with a basket collecting he's painted still eggs. out there he's still out there so careful so that's what i told them the the easter story was they liked it i like that they story. got it they understood they get it. it they're with it they understood it um so how are we doing on time you wanted to interview me we're at an hour do you want to interview wow. me yeah all right 
Let's do it. Okay, so today we don't have a special guest. Well, we Excuse do. Excuse me. I'm saying more like. Excuse me. Our new our kidding. new gig, our new thing. Trying to get a guest is trying to get like a 15 minute interview with a business owner, either past interviews or new interviews. It's been really fun, Alexa. We just did with Rat Boy. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to Royally Fucked um, on Spotify or iTunes. <laughs> Uh, Alexa Excuse was a great me. guest. Excuse that was a you. crazy cough. Today, we're going to be interviewing Cody. <laughs> you wanted to interview me. You wrote Cody Expose in I the did. notes. I don't think that we've really given your gayness the spotlight it yet. deserves. I Here's what. I want you to be able to ask me anything you want. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm an um, open book. I'm going to pause it real quick. Okay. Okay, we're back. And we're back. <clears throat> I'm excited because I don't know what you want to ask me or why or so I honestly was extremely inspired to do this interview because I just spoke with Kaylee and we were talking about an experience she had recently I'll bring it up later um okay and do I know about it yeah I think so okay um it actually wasn't recent it was last year oh I'm gonna start the interview with a quote that I've seen on Instagram and I've seen gone around and I just want your general um thought on it and your personal experience with it if you do have one which by the way everything that if we're gonna get into gay shit everything i say is my own personal experience i'm not here to talk for anybody else but myself other people other gay people and queer people have different experiences than me so and get triggered by other things and appreciate other things so I'm just going to speak for myself. You know what I mean? And I'm not I, here to be anybody's spokesperson. I really appreciate that. And that's yeah. exactly what I want to do here today. Okay. So um, this is a, cro- a quote by Alexander Leon. Queer people don't grow up as ourselves. We grow up playing a version of ourselves that sacrifices authenticity mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. minimize humiliation and prejudice. The massive task of our adult lives is to unpick which parts of us are ourselves are truly us and which part of us we've created to protect ourselves one of my all-time favorite quotes i've posted that on instagram before that's one of my all-time favorite quotes yes okay yes you grow up you grow up or i grow grew up you know being authentic to a point but yeah you are playing a role and now that you become an adult it's like that's that's why like I said, I'm not trying to speak for everybody, but I think it's pretty general for queer people is that um, you are trying to unpack who the fuck am I really? Because I've been living my whole life trying to make sure that I'm a certain way for people. And that can translate to people of all sexualities, to be honest with you, depending on how you were raised. But for queer people, you know, you are, especially I was born in 1991, right? The AIDS epidemic was in the 80s. So it's very fresh after that. I mean, I think in like Arizona, you could be arrested or or you could be arrested just for being gay up until not that long ago. Right. So it's like, I think we forget that. I mean, it wasn't until what, six years ago that it was you were allowed to get married in every state in the country. It's kind of like you forget how recent a lot of gay rights are and still are on the table. And um yeah, it's 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 weird trying to figure that out. I love that quote because there's no solution to it other than trying to live as authentically as possible, and I think that's why gay people are so generally speaking funny, witty, talented. <laughs> I'm just I'm being fucking serious because we 
are seeking authenticity. And the more authentic you are, the more you discover things about yourselves. You're not trying to suppress anything. We don't have this heteronormative thing of like, well, I'm a guy, so I shouldn't be into interior design or baking, or I'm a guy, I can't like fun colors. I'm a guy, I can't listen to the music that really fucking slaps all the time. <laughs> and so when you when you drop all that bullshit, because you're like, I'm gay, I'm, I'm going to just be authentic now. You... That's why gay people are so fun. We're, you know, there's, I'm sure that a lot of people wish that they could get into shit that they are afraid to get into because of how society has set it up to be. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm going next. So what parts of yourself did you find yourself hiding because you wanted to avoid humiliation or prejudice? Oh, I mean, like, if you were to meet me, maybe when I was like 20, 21, before I was out, I acted like a completely different person. Because people say like, how come you didn't just come out like young? Like, obviously you're gay. And it's like, yeah, people with good gaydar knew I was gay all along. But I don't use the term fooled people, but I was behaving a certain way that a lot of people weren't sure what my sexuality was. And then a lot of people just thought I was straight. And, um, I feel like I talk differently. I'll watch like videos back from before I was out and even my voice is a little different. I remember being really insecure that I talked like I was gay, whatever that feminine. means. Feminine. And um dressed a certain way and suppressed interests that I was into and did things in secret that should not be done in secret because who the fuck cares? Watch certain TV shows in secret. Um, I would sneak out into the kitchen when everybody was asleep and make face masks out of kitchen stuff because I didn't want people to know I was into skincare. Things that have nothing to do with sexuality that somehow society has turned into masculine or feminine. And the fear of being anything but masculine and being outed was just daunting. And yeah, I'm a completely different person before and after coming out. And it's like ever evolving. Even after I came out, I was, there's like pictures of me at the Abbey and I look like I'm straight, like the way that I'm dressed. I didn't even know how to dress. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was one of my questions was like, did people call you out before you came out? And like, what was that experience like for you? And was that damaging? Yes. Terrifying. It's the worst feeling. It is the worst feeling. And it's not always done with bad intentions. Correct, I right. have to say I was not really bullied for being a certain way. I don't recall being bullied for anything, which I was obese. I was gay. I was different. And I don't remember people bullying me, but I do remember people like the worst thing you could ask any queer person in the world, the worst thing you could hear in high school or middle school. Can I ask you a question? And you're dead inside. <laughs> Ooh, that just like anxiety hearing that. Can I ask you something? You told me today about an experience you had at a job when you were in your 20s when mm-hmm. someone was trying to set you up. Oh, yeah. Well, that was that was. Yeah, I was I worked at Rainbow Bridge and I was not out of out of the closet yet. And um, and, I, you know, I was like a cute kid. I was like 17, 18. And someone came in and they were like their nanny would always come in and she was really nice and we'd talk and she was like, my nanny has a crush on you. And I'm like, oh, she's really cute. Well, and she goes, would you like be interested in dating her? And I'm like, maybe, you know? And she was like, and you're, um, you're straight, right? 
And I was like, yeah. And she goes, okay. Like she knew. I know, but in what realm is that appropriate? Like, it's probably honestly. Not. But she was also looking out for her nanny or trying to figure out like, how come? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. People really, people really have an interest in determining and not just straight people mm-hmm. gay people yeah. as well have an have a huge interest in determining whether or not someone is gay i catch myself doing it all the time and i'm like is this healthy and or then like even worse and this is not my experience but something that i'm becoming aware of is like um people have a huge entrance interest in knowing if someone is um trans or not hmm that's another thing that's like semi related to yeah. to this experience of like people being like, Do you think he's gay? I don't know. He seems pretty gay. Like, who cares? But then the thing is like when people are like, Oh, they're trans, I had no idea. I couldn't even tell. Do you know how offensive that is? Yeah. I couldn't even tell. I don't know. I just it's it's all very odd. We we wanna dig into people's lives because we're curious, but we don't understand um we don't understand people's boundaries or, or whether or not it's appropriate. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's appropriate. And I think that instead of saying, can I ask you a question? Are you gay or are you straight? First of all, if you don't really know someone like that, you don't need to ask them. They'll tell you. And it's not a mystery for you to figure out because it doesn't have anything to do with you. And if it's a loved one, like a child of yours, a cousin, a sibling, a best friend, and you sense that there's a wallet because they're not sharing something. Maybe that is their sexuality. Maybe it's something else. But I think that the best way to handle that situation, let's say you think your child might be gay and they're not telling you. They will tell you as long as you give off the energy and the words that you are open to hearing them and accepting them no matter what. You know, you don't have to say, if you were gay, I would love you just so you know. That's going to freak out your kid. Yeah. But to say, I love you exactly as as you are, whoever you are, as long as you are a kind, thoughtful person and you are, are authentically you. And I hope you could talk to me about anything. Yeah. And probably not calling out for those things like wanting to do a face mask or wanting, you know what I mean? Like just letting right. them be themselves. Right. Yeah. Awesome. That's that's really great. Um, What do you call it? <laughs> advice advice like that is my that is my advice because um, i i can't imagine what it's like to be a parent and knowing that there is something that your child is not telling you and wanting to take down that wall one of my favorite moments in my life ever is you know i go to catalina every year with my dad's side of the family oh. tends to be a very <clears throat> um just in years and years past conservative side of the family And I was always just freaked out to be myself because they never led me to believe they wouldn't love me, but it was my own insecurities to think that. And um, coming out and just being more and more me, I'll never forget a few years ago, we were at like a bar, we're all having just a great time dancing. And my dad was like, it's so good to see you just being as you are being authentic, like along those lines. He's like, I'm so proud of you. And it was just one of the best feelings in the world. And it's so funny because growing up, that was such a like conservative side of the family. It's such a thing. I was terrified of being myself around them. And they couldn't be more loving and open to who I am as a gay person. And in fact, we now have other queer people in the family that went on 
our vacation, I mean, that vacation that year, my lesbian aunts were there with their adopted gay black sons. And there was a trans person, a part of our group as well. Wow. And it was just kind of cool mm-hmm. to be like growing up. I never thought this would be my family vacation on Catalina. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. It turned into like a gay pride <laughs> island. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing, actually. That's awesome. Um, what was your experience like dating girls in high school? And Awful. I yeah. didn't really date girls in high school. Okay. I didn't date girls in high school. I um, it's, it's hard for me to talk about because it's the least authentic thing I've ever done in my life. And it's at the expense of other people's emotions. So it's really hard for me to talk about, actually. And I like joke about it, but deep down, it's not a nice thing to do to someone else. And I did it for my own well-being and survival and ego. And not survival, but, you know, well, to an extent, I was really depressed before I was out. And I was, like, hard, you know? Yeah. But it's not it's not nice to lead people on. And it's not nice to um, make people, to deceive people. And I wasn't trying to do it maliciously. And I don't believe any queer person who unintentionally deceives people to help themselves in society does it maliciously, but it is a hard thing to do and it is sad and I and I do feel bad for doing it and um It was a protection mechanism. It was a protection mechanism. It just really sucks to use someone like that. Do and you, I never want to do that again. When you were dating a woman, did you fully know in your heart that you were gay? No. Okay. So I but mean But I knew I wasn't going to be able to have anything long term and I think that also messed me up relationship wise to that experience and I don't know if that's an experience a lot of people share with me that have done that as well but it's just an awful feeling to use someone like that it does feel like you're using them because essentially you are and the the handful of girls that I dated were great girls um so much fun would love to be friends with them but the truth is, my, like, thing, unintentionally, looking back now, is that, like, I would date them, make them feel amazing about themselves, as most gay guys are able to do for women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the moment things started to get too real, find reasons to make them not like me, which usually makes Them me, not like themselves. Them not like themselves. We yeah. think that they've done something wrong. It's not right. And it is one my greatest regrets in life is is using people in that way. And I feel awful about it. It's like, yeah. Well, you were learning. I was learning. It just sucks, you know. Yeah. And I should reach out and apologize. I mean, one of them DM'd me and said that I was possessed by the devil and she knows someone that could help me and blah, blah, blah. So that was a little nutty. So I probably won't apologize to her, but... Now, um, was that because of of your sexuality or I because can only of something assume. else? I can only assume. That's disappointing. Um, when do you think you first knew or had an inclination? It's or... so hard to know because I believe in the Kinsey scale, which is a scale from one to five. I don't know which end is which, but one end, like one will say, is you're totally straight, five is you're totally gay, three is you're bi, right? And some people are twos and fours. And it's hard to know because I think that as my, I believe, of course, that you were born a certain way. And um, I just think that 
it was always hard for me to differentiate my admiration and respect for women versus having a crush on them and, and liking them that way. I don't remember ever being sexually attracted to women, but I remember thinking I was straight because of how much I loved women, if that makes sense. Yeah. I find <clears throat> women's, yeah. even to this day, I find women's beauty astounding and ethereal and so different than what I'm used to. And I admire it so much. And I admire, um, I admire the um, verve and intelligence of so many women that I know. But um, it just hits different with guys. Yeah. And you can only understand that when you're sexually attracted to a gender. Yeah. <laughs> so any gender that you are attracted to, you, the listener, are attracted to, that's how it feels. Yeah. Where you just know. You say, yes, I could see why this person is attractive. I could see why this person is successful. I could see why this person is a catch. But I'm not attracted to that gender. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So... I always thought I had crushes on girls, and I always thought, even right before I came out, I thought, maybe I'm bi, because I don't fucking know. But then you experience it with a guy, and I remember the first... I mean, I was having sex with guys before I was out of the closet, and I was having sex with guys before I even knew that I was full-on gay. And then, I know it sounds funny to say that, but um, I remember the first actual date I went on with a guy. His name was Andrew. Um, (laughs) So boring. So handsome. But I just remember thinking like, oh, 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 this is what a relationship could be like. Yeah. That's not about sex and not about friendship. It's like I had like butterflies and yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> this is, this is natural. That unlocks something. Thank you, yeah. Andrew. <laughs> Thank you, baby. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew from West Hollywood. Aw. Um, so I want to switch gears a little bit. So. Um, society, obviously, history, obviously hasn't necessarily been kind to the queer community. No. <laughs> and um, a lot of people hold a lot of hate and bias and misunderstanding for gay men specifically, I think, especially like gay men and trans folk, I think, truly get the brunt end of it for some yeah. reason. I And I'm curious what your opinion is with the straight heterosexual white male that is dismissive of lesbians and hateful towards gays yeah i mean that's the truth i mean in that sense in their perspective typically which i think we've come a long way we've come a long way but typically i always have a hard time immediately with a like any type of i've gotten a lot better and that comes with being authentic but I always fear being around straight guys. And I'm just like nervous about that. Now that's gotten so much better. It's not necessarily the case anymore because I could actually just kind of care less. But, you know, I've dealt with two instances of, I don't know if you could call them hate crimes, but just kind of like as an adult, as a gay adult, straight guys calling me faggot and just being saying that I, they would kill me if I was a faggot that was told to me at the hut. And Jesus. Yeah. Um, cause I was wearing a pink hoodie. That was like not that long ago. That was like three years ago, two yeah. years ago. But I don't know why that hatred's there, but the only thing I could think is that people tend to have hate for queer people. If they have hate for queer people, because we are living authentically. And like I said, we are able to be all these things because we're able to experiment with life 
without feeling judged by society anymore. And I think that a lot of people um, resent that in us and that creates a fear and anger and they see certain things in themselves too sometimes that they hate and they were brought up to hate and just kind of crazy. I think people hate what they don't understand. Yeah. Or they don't want to understand. Right. Yeah. And I see that people are consistently trying to defend their way of life by hating other ways of life. Mm -hmm. Like they feel intimidated or attacked because I choose to live my life this way. It actually reflects nothing about the way you live your life. And it doesn't need to be, I live my life this way. So I judge you for the way you live your life. People anti-gay marriage. I'm like, why? Like if you're not gonna, you're not getting married to a gay person. So what do you care? Yeah. Right. Like I just don't understand it. They feel intimidated by gay men. Um, They get angry if they feel like a gay man has complimented them. Right. And the, my point about being dismissive about lesbians is that they accept lesbians because they too enjoy women. Right. Is that what that is? Yeah. And also, you know, it's a it's a kink for many men as well. Yeah. And it's more comfortable to look at for some reason. Um, lesbian representation has always been more more apparent on TV, at least growing up. Yeah. Um, anytime there's like mm-hmm. a gay storyline usually involved a lesbian just gay men makes made people uncomfortable also there's like this huge understood and reinforced and like okayed thing about women going to college and experimenting mm-hmm. that is like a storyline that is consistently in sitcoms and yeah. in movies and stuff that that is that is like funny or like a punchline funny a punchline or something and then furthermore it sucks to be experimented on right so it it you know because i think that that cliche yeah going to college and experimenting but it sucks to be i have a lesbian friend and it's i've been victim of it myself victim is a strong word for this but it does suck when people are just trying to have fun and experiment and they use you and string you along like you are um they can experiment using you and then they're like well no never mind i'm not i'm not into guys or i'm not into girls never mind bye yeah you know and it just kind of sucks it's kind of like oh okay i don't know did you did people exit your life when you came out yeah um for sure but that had to do with my i don't believe that that had to do with um me being gay i don't choose to believe that um i had friends at that time that I was hanging out with. And when I came out, I no longer hung out with them anymore. And I think it has to do with the fact that I was, um, basically behaving a certain way that was not myself. And so it's like, right. You built the friendship based on something else, based on something that was not me. And so it didn't really have to do with those gates that like all of a sudden our interests weren't the same anymore or something. I mean, Maybe it did. I mean, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's, I had friends that were like very supportive of it, but then, yeah, we just stopped kind of kicking it because they didn't really know what to do with me. I didn't know what to do with them. We didn't know what to do with the situation of like, I'm a new person now, kind of. Right. I don't know how to describe that. No, I, I get That's it. It's hard to explain. I, was... I don't pick up homophobic vibes from the people I used to kick it with and then stopped literally when I came out. But I do pick up the vibes that it's like, again, this is my experience. This is not the gay experience. This is my experience. I feel like I was really deceitful, especially towards the end before I came out. And to feel um, 
lied to sucks. Yeah. And I um, feel bad about that. I feel bad that I, you know, some people in that, that friend group, some of those girls I would like make out with sometimes. Those guys, we would talk about girls and it's yeah. like a totally different person it's like what do you do with that right there's a there's a movie i haven't seen so i don't even know if it's good or what but it's a movie called fourth man out and it's a group of four guys and they've been friends their whole life and they're adults and one of them comes out of the closet and it's about them um navigating their friendship dynamics now that he's out i haven't seen it but it's an interesting um, it's a great concept yeah um, when I was in high school, two of my really good close friends that I went to middle school with and like spent sleepovers and just, yeah, two of my best friends in high school came out um, and I was like super blindsided by it yeah. and really um, didn't understand it. And obviously, like I'm so close with those girls and I I love them and hold a lot of respect for them and. I mean, it didn't change anything. We're still, we were still really close right. and still had sleepovers and still did all that stuff. That must but be an odd feeling. How does that feel? I felt like they were lying. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were, I, and this is so mean and I was young and I mean, I'm not saying it to hurt them now because they do listen to the show and it's all with love and respect. But my experience was I didn't believe them. That they were gay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was something like, I was like, no, you just went on a date with like, I you yeah. were just dating and and they kept having failed relationships and i remember talking to them through their relationships and being confused why they were sabotaging it for no reason yep and i'm yep. like feeling wow. frustrated by them cuz like i i dated through my friends like watching them date guys and like was more exciting for me than me dating a guy cuz i was yeah. so insecure and scared to do that so i like always was like yes, they're going to date and like have this fairy tale relationship and then when they'd self sabotage it it'd be confusing to me and yeah. then when they came out, I was even more confused. <laughs> See, isn't that, it's interesting, right? I mean, that's the reason why I, the first person I came out to was a friend that I had. We've had a falling out since, but a friend that I had, Jennifer, and she and I were hanging out like crazy. Yeah. She got a boyfriend and that's what happened every time. I would, I generally have more friends with girls and every time it would happen of, okay, either people are going to be like, why aren't they dating? Or she would end up liking me or she would get a boyfriend and the boyfriend be like, why are you hanging out with this straight guy all the time? Yeah. That's not me. And it'd have to end. I'd have to break the friendship off somehow. And I lost a lot of friendships that way. Yeah. A lot of really good friendships that way. And I was about to lose hers that way because she had a boyfriend. He started to get kind of weird, you know, about that whole dynamic that we had. And so I decided I have to come out to her because I'm not, I do not want to lose this friendship and I don't want to ruin her relationship either. Right. So I came out to her in the Whole Foods parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I ever came out. First time I said out loud that I was gay. I was in the Whole Foods parking lot to her and she was so supportive and nice. We went to dinner afterwards and she, it was kind of like exciting and scary. And we're sitting at dinner and she goes, so. Like, what's your type? <laughs> and you're so, like, I don't even know. <laughs> well, I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, um, oh, this is, I've never talked about that. I've never been able to talk about what my type is. Aww. Um, Like, like, how did you know? Like all these questions kind of like you're asking now, but for the first time ever yeah. considering these questions that I've never even considered myself. That was a really exciting and scary night. And then I came out to Kaylee the next day and I'll always feel bad for coming out to Kaylee second, but and via text. I sent her a text. Yeah, I mean, that's someone that 
is extremely important to you so yeah. you panicked <laughs> I, jennifer's was not like a planned thing the right. one thing that i did do that i'll always appreciate myself for doing is that the that night that I came out, I was so overfilled with these crazy feelings of like, I just came out. It's one of the most, it's probably the most monumental thing I've done in my life. And that goes for any queer person that comes out or understands something. It's just that moment of like, whoa, it's like, a, it's like your birthday, really. Yeah. Um, I just like wrote in a quick journal just because I never wanted to forget it. And then I just decided for, I think it was six months after I came out, I wrote a journal entry every day about my experience coming out for the first six months because you wow. never stop coming out, yeah, really. Yeah, And I'm so grateful I have that because I have every coming out experience with everybody in my life journaled down forever. And the relationships I started, the hookups I started, the <laughs> experiences I had, learning new things. I got taken under the wing of that couple and they um, taught me so many things about gay culture. Is So that journal is something that is one of my most like prized possessions and so personal to me and I've never shared it like awesome. nobody's read it but yeah. it's just so personal to me yeah cataloging yeah. your life and such a huge part of it yeah and I yeah. think that's important too I I think journaling is amazing because the further you get away from an experience the more your brain rewrites it totally and it's really cool that you have it totally at, at least that version of yourself you know yeah like you you won't lose that totally yeah amazing <sighs> heavy but i like <laughs> thank it. you for going there with yeah, me yeah thanks for asking i never really dive into that i haven't thought about a lot of that in a long time yeah yeah anything out there for the for the people like for the gay people or the people that love gay people and yeah. people are wondering mm -hmm. like i said if you wonder someone you love is gay don't force it out of them just give off the energy that you will support them no matter because you don't know what they're going to come out as or if they're going to come out at all and it's a win-win scenario if you think that your child is gay and you let them know through through not talking shit about gay people in everyday conversation by um accepting people of any sexual orientation um or gender identity you are actively teaching them that they could trust you to um love them no matter what they are and they will come out to you when they are ready to and in time. And it's not an insult if they take their time to come out to you. Unless you are making them feel like they wouldn't be supported in that way. And it's a win-win because let's say they end up being heteronormative, cis-heteronormative. Then you've just let your child know that you support them no matter what. So who cares? It's a win-win. Isn't that what you want anyway? Right. And if you're listening to this and you're not out of the closet and you want to come out of the closet... It's so scary and I feel you and it's so much easier said than done and it's you're going to do it when you're ready to do it and you're going to be worried that you're going to lose people in your life and you might. But the cool thing is, is when you put that barrier down, you're going to invite so many more people that into your life that you wouldn't even know is possible right now. You don't even know they exist right now. Um, you don't know that the opportunities you'll have will exist until you come out and if you're worried that you're not going to be loved by your family because they're not being supportive about it, you have an entire family of people that are just waiting for you right now. And I guarantee it. We're waiting for you. We will accept you. You can DM me. I will not put you on blast. If you're not out of the closet and you want to talk about it, you can DM me, email me, whatever you want. Text me if you have my number and I will talk to you about it. I've been, this has happened to me a few times where people have DM'd me that I know and have known for a long time that are gay. 
and I would never out someone, but I'm here to support you and let you know that I'm your friend and I'm here to answer any questions you have because it's the most amazing thing I've ever done in my life. It's the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, but um, it's so good on the other side and I hope you join us. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And as an ally, I think it's important to remember that it's never okay and it's never funny and it's never homophobic jokes are and transphobic jokes are they're not funny they're not okay and to shut them down when you hear them because mm-hmm. y- if you stand by and let that happen you're accepting it and igno- and allowing it and making it normal yeah. and it's not yeah so um thank you so much um thanks for asking that was really cool <laughs> good i'm glad you i thought it was gonna be more about like sex and like fun and crazy but i'm nope. kind of glad we got, got deep, deep. <laughs> wow um and to change the tune um last Last episode, you know, we finally were asking for reviews mm-hmm. and talking about sharing and, you know, helping us out. And a bunch of people reached out to me about it and asked how how they can leave a review and how they can support us further. And so um, you can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's huge. We have a five-star rating. 42 people have given us a five-star rating, which is really cool. We don't have 42 reviews, but we have 42 five-stars. Oh, rate them. If you're listening right now, rate it. So rate it. Review us on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, It's the app is on your phone. I use Spotify Mm-hmm. Can um, you leave reviews on you Spotify? You can't leave a s- review on Spotify. That's Rude. where most of our listeners re- are coming from. Um, but you can share the episode you're currently listening to directly to Instagram and tag us at Hand Up Studios in our personal tags. Uh, oh, most, here's a challenge. Most Post of you follow us in your story, tag us, your favorite part. And then text it to a friend and be like, listen to this. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yes, please do that chain. Like, get people. Yay. Yeah, if you enjoy us, share it with your friends. We really appreciate it. And it's. And we actually love um, when you tag us and stuff because it makes us feel really. It is like a bright spot in my day. I do a happy dance when I see someone tag us and enjoy us because we enjoy doing this. And so if you're happy too, it just makes us happy when you let us know that you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's pretty much the best feeling in the world to see someone. And it's always random and it's always unexpected. I know, but what a good feeling. It's like giving us a gift. Yeah. Lauren Lauren from Cotton & Co. made the cutest story recently. She's such great. She's so good at Instagram content. Um, so thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Really great. And thank you to everybody that's been tagging us. Yeah. You all are awesome. Love Happy Easter. <laughs> Happy <laughs> Easter. Has <laughs> he has risen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Reach out to us. We still have that email overheard at 805. Nobody's emailed it. Oh, overheard805 at gmail.com. Yeah. You can send us a voice memo that will be on the show. You can send us funny stories. You can send us questions. I said, I, you know, I said, like, if you want to send something in anonymously, and someone's like, how is it anonymous if it's an email? And I'm like, well, we're not well, going to read who it is. Yeah, you just say That's it's anonymous point. or make a fake email if you don't want us to know it's if you. If you're like that, yeah, if it's that big um, of a deal. But we love y'all. Have love a you. great fucking Happy day. Happy Easter. You. Yeah.